today, 4.30, is your last opportunity to see Leaving Iowa. It's a funny show, in case you haven't heard. It's a real funny show. Got some good people in it. And uh, <laughs> next month is going to be, it, it, uh, it's, a, it's, it's an exciting month. Uh, baptisms next Sunday. If you, I know we have uh, a few lined up. If you need to be baptized, uh, don't see me. Uh, but see uh, any of the other staff members or one of the elders, they can, they, they, they can arrange that. Um, next Wednesday night, this coming Wednesday night, will be uh, Bridge Builders, which if you've been here for the first two, this is the third one, right? If you've been here for the first two, you certainly don't need anybody to sell you on this, but if you haven't been here, I really encourage you to be here. I mean, the regular worship team will be up. Uh, parenthesis youth worship team will be up the Radix worship team will be up degree 180 worship team will be up and it's just I mean it's like Woodstock for Christians it's uh, it's 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 really good and I, I encourage you encourage you to come that night do I need to mention anything else Barbie will be bringing her first um, series Sunday morning series during the month of May yeah it's uh, called Blessings of the Spirit, and uh, when, we, uh, when we get back, I will start preaching again, and we will not vote on that. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure she's going to be great. Well, we're going to finish up our series on the gifts of the Spirit today. So let's read one more time, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Would you stand with me? Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. And to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He has determined. Father, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for our youth as they travel back from Natchez Trace today in their retreat. I pray that You would protect them. I pray that You would put Your hand upon them, that You would bring them everyone safely back here father god put your hand on them. father i pray that your hand would be on this place i pray that even those who perhaps don't know you at this point would 
would see something of your beauty, would see something of your glory, and that those who do know you, Father God, would find life in your words. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Gifts of utterance, we, uh, we talked last week about um, prophecy, this week about tongues and interpretation, and some may consider these gifts, especially tongues and interpretation, uh, to be somewhat superfluous and really even annoying, kind of like, why? You know, if, if, you know, if, if it wasn't for this, it'd just be a lot easier, a lot neater, a lot less messy. Uh, there would be, we wouldn't have to deal with, these, with this issue. It just seems so, uh, well, so whatever. Christianity would be so much neater and less embarrassing. Well, let me First of all, start out by asking you to consider the power of speech, okay? When God got ready to create the universe, when he stepped out on nothingness and everything that we see did not exist and he got ready to bring it into existence, he did not perform a miracle. He spoke a word. He said, light be. And it was. That's, that is how powerful his word was. Everything that you see, everything you've ever seen, everything that you know came about through a spoken word. Women tend to understand the power of spoken words better than men do. And I'm not saying that because of the rumor that they maybe talk more than men. Don't believe it, not for one second. I'm sure it's pretty close to 50-50. Uh, but here's the thing. Men, if, if, a, man, if a man is looking for a, uh, you know, for a mate or somebody that he'd like to spend a lot of time with, the optimal word is looking. He's looking. Wow. She looks like someone I would like to spend time with. Now, I'm not saying that when women are looking for someone they would like to spend time with, that they aren't looking as well, but they look different. I was getting ready to say they look different than men. That, is a, that has a multi-layered meaning to it. Uh, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys in on a secret. I mean, and it's a secret that we probably ought to be able to figure out just by looking in the mirror. It isn't about how good you look. A guy who knows how to say the right thing at the right time and is willing to use the right words, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm just telling you, if you, you know, if you want to, if you, if you're, if you're the kind of guy who can say something nice, say something that will touch her heart. It will touch her heart. Absolutely. Ladies, understand this, and you know what? 
If you can do that, that doesn't age. It only gets better. That's why men get better looking as they get older. <laughs> okay, now that, that was just something to let, just a clue for some of you guys. The problem is our speech is closely tied to our ego, to our flesh. And so, you know, we don't always feel like saying something nice. And by the way, nice is not a word they like to hear. <laughs> How do I look, dear? The wrong answer is nice. Okay. The right answer is something along the lines of, wow, you look great. Just saying. But our ego, our flesh gets in the way and we don't always want to say nice things. Have you ever said anything that you regretted saying? I'm asking for a show of hands here. Yeah, just, just wanted to be sure. Okay, we've got 97% and 3% deaf mute is what we actually have here. Yeah. I was talking with a guy this week and... Uh, I've gotten to know him fairly well over the last few months. And, and he was opening up and talking about his dad. Uh, and, and actually, it had to do with this play, because this, this play will get you talking about your dad, thinking about that. It, it, it's a very funny play, but it's got some real touching parts in it. And uh, he's opening up and talking about his dad, and he said um, uh, that when he was in high school, he, he would he'd sing, he was in these choirs and stuff, and he got a... He got a little scholarship and was able to go to a community college and study music. And when he got through, uh, uh, well, he graduated from community college and he, with his associate's degree, and he, and he said to his dad, you know, I've got my degree now. And his dad said, big deal. You ever said one of those? You ever let one of those get out? Yeah. Now, I don't know this guy's dad, so I don't know if he's ever chewed on that much. But if he ever has, there's got to be something inside of him that, that would go, man. Mm. James says, over in chapter 3, verses 5 through 8, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. No one can tame the tongue. It is, it is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Pretty powerful thing there. James 3.2 says this. says, we all stumble in many ways. Those who are never at fault in what they say are perfect able to keep the whole body in check. And we realize that nobody's perfect, right? Okay, have I already lost you? We, we, we realize that nobody is perfect. And, and quite frankly, while God is conforming us to the image of Jesus Christ, we're not going to get there here. We'll, we'll get there at some point. However, hopefully, we should be desiring to head in that direction rather than the other direction. How many of you know nobody is standing still? 
Everybody's headed in one direction or, or the other. And when we think about becoming like Christ, when we think about moving that way, we almost instinctively begin to think about what we do. And that's, that's important. I'm not saying what we do isn't important. It's very important. But, but according to what James is saying here, the real key is this. It's, it's, what we, it's what we say. You get, you get that in line, you begin to get that under control, and what we do will come along, will come along with it. It, it. it absolutely will. Proverbs, not only does the tongue bring destruction, it can bring life. Proverbs 18.21 The tongue is the power of life and of death. You know, I was thinking about this guy I was sharing with who was talking about his dad uh, when he got his associate's degree in music, you know, going big deal. And I was thinking, what would it... Uh, well, actually, I, I, this guy does some theater, and, and, uh, he, uh, and he obviously can sing because he'd gotten this scholarship and everything. It, it, was, in, it was in vocal music. And I said, well, you know, uh, we're doing a musical here in the fall. You ought to audition for it. And, 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 and he was saying, well, I don't, uh, I don't audition for musicals. And I went, why not? He said, I, I, have this, I have this block. I can't remember lyrics. I'm going, well, I wonder why. What would it do in his life if his father were to come along and say, son, I'm really proud of you. you, you can, when you sing, it does my heart good. And, and you know, I, I remember saying that, that stupid thing about when you got your degree. Man, I'm sure sorry. What would that do in his life? What, what would that break loose? What would that bring to him? Yeah. The tongue has the power to destroy, but it has the power to bring life. Some of you are probably sitting there thinking of situations of maybe, probably with your father, I don't, the dads. You know, being a dad's a tough thing. But some of you are probably sitting there thinking of situations that, wow, man, if my dad were to say that boy. And, and you know, you may have even built up a wall where you go, oh, I don't even want to hear him say. But truth is that if he were to, wow. And some may be sitting there thinking about somebody that you could go, man, I wish I could see them again and say, I'm sorry. I'm proud of you. You were right. The tongue can bring, can bring life. And one, one other thing here. James also says, in James 1.26, he says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Now, you know, it's about Jesus and a relationship with him, okay? It's not just about religion but at the same time it's kind of hard to separate those two all right Let, let's let's just admit it let's be that way about it what James is saying here is that regardless of the rest of the stuff that we do or don't do or the um, uh, the, the things that we that we think are important if we don't have our tongue under control it's able to negate the whole the whole deal think about that the next time you're ready to really lay somebody low. 
Seriously. Like maybe the President of the United States or any politician you don't like or a celebrity you don't like or a, person, or a group of people that you don't like or you're afraid of. It, this, is, this is powerful stuff that we're talking about here. And so understanding, understanding all of that, there can be no argument about the importance of the tongue. I submit the proposition that we are not remotely remotely able to accomplish this in and of ourselves and that the only hope we have of bringing the tongue under control is surrender to the Holy Ghost is to surrender that part of our body to the Holy Spirit that, that that's the only shot we've got at it and because of that also let me just say this very briefly if anyone tries to teach you how to speak in tongues now, I'm not talking about learning a foreign language because that's not what this is. If anyone tries to, and, 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 and you may go, teach me how to speak in tongues. Yeah, there are people out there who'll do that. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll get everybody all down front and say, now, let's say baby real fast, you know, or, or something. You know, and if you've got a motorcycle, get on it and get out of Dodge. If you've got a car, get in it, burn rubber. If you've got a horse, jump on it. Whatever you got, get as far away from that as you possibly can. Because this is not about you learning how to do anything. It's about surrendering completely to Him. That's what it's about. And that's, that, that's, that's where we're going to go here. Uh, tongues, there are three ways in Scripture that, that tongues are used. The first is as a private prayer language. And I'm not going to spend much time on this this week, although I feel like this is the most important of the three to be very honest the reason why I'm not going to spend much time on it is because uh, when I come back in June and start preaching again and you all go well what happened to Barbie uh, <laughs> the first the first sermon is going to be about uh, praying in the spirit and and we'll be spending uh, some some pretty much in-depth time with that but this one's important okay and we'll, we'll also be looking biblically at how um, Tongues is used as a private prayer language. So, but anyway, uh, a second one is as a sign. And, uh, you know, some back when we first got into uh, this series about the Holy Spirit, and I was talking about being filled with the Spirit, being baptized with the Spirit. Um, and I, I was talking about the fact that the culture that I grew up in, the doctrine that I grew up in, was one where if you did not speak, the way you knew you were filled with the Spirit is if you did speak in tongues. Uh, and I was going, you know, that was, what I was, that was what I was taught, but I don't really necessarily see that in the Bible. Uh, some may say, well, okay, if tongues are used as a sign, there, there it is. But it says over in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 22, that tongues are not a sign for believers. They're a sign for unbelievers. So it, it's not a matter of knowing, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a certain classification of believer or I've gotten a certain place in the Lord because I, I now can speak in tongues. Now, there, there, there are other reasons, there are other things that, that indicate that you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about those a whole lot later on this year when we get into the fruits of the Spirit. But as a sign, this is what happened on the day of Pentecost. This is how God did it on the day of Pentecost. A rushing mighty wind came from heaven, uh, filled the whole house where, where they were seated, 
tongues of fire came down and rested upon each of them, and they began to speak in languages that they didn't know. Now, it was a, it was a festival day. It was a feast day in town, and so there were people from all over the world who had come to Jerusalem, and they came and they heard them speaking in languages that they knew, and it was a sign for them. They were going, what is up with this? These people don't know these, these languages, and yet they're speaking them. So that was a sign. Now, some people would go, oh, well, that was the day of Pentecost, but what about now? Well, it still works today. Those of you who were here on January the 8th heard Margaret and Wayne and Bruce share their testimony about the Holy Spirit in their lives. And if you did, one of the things that you remember was Margaret getting her green highlighters and highlighting Holy Ghost everywhere in the Bible that it came along. Another thing that you remember is Bruce Coble saying that after he had come to the Lord and, and gotten saved and got filled with the Holy Ghost, that he was in a service one time just praying. And, and, uh, and, and afterwards, a friend of his who was behind him came up to him and said, uh, <clears throat> my, my friend here who I brought wants to know if you speak Hebrew. Yeah. And Bruce goes, well, no, I don't speak Hebrew. He says, well, um, he says that when you were, when you were speaking, you were, you were reciting Isaiah chapter 53. Well, you see, that was a sign. That, that is a sign, and it still happens today. may not happen a whole lot in our situation where everybody speaks the same language, but you get situations where people are coming from different backgrounds and different languages. Clearly, you can see how God can use that as a sign. It also is used as a vehicle in delivering a message, and that's where tongues and interpretation comes in there are some rules for this that uh, are given over in first corinthians chapter 14 verses 27 through 28 and it says this if anyone speaks in a tongue two or at the most three should speak one at a time and someone must interpret if there is no interpreter the speaker should keep quiet in the church let him speak to himself and to and to god um First of all, first rule, there's three we're going to cover. It says someone must interpret. There must be an interpretation. Uh, let me address kind of a side issue here, and that's the issue of people using their, their private prayer language in a public setting because sometimes people get, are very much bothered by this. You know, you'll come into a church sometime and, and they'll be praying and everybody will be praying out loud. Now, that's not the way all churches do it. Uh, some they pray silently some there's a liturgical responsive prayer um, I've mentioned a couple of times that uh, my friend uh, Father Ray Cash over at St. Patrick's never tires of telling me when, uh, when his bishop took his grandson to a, an ecumenical service and there was an evangelical I don't know what he was if he was he was evangelical who was, who was leading the service and he began to pray and the grandson poked his poked his, his bishop grandfather and said, I think that guy's just making that up. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, there are different ways to do it, okay? But in our church and in a lot of churches of our ilk, you will come in and people will all be praying out loud. And sometimes some of those people will be praying in tongues. And some, some people get a little sideways with that because they go, well, why? You know, why are they praying in tongues? There's nobody interpreting here. To me, there's a, there's a big difference between somebody who's just praying 
And if you, if you want to eavesdrop, you can eavesdrop, but that's up to you. And somebody who is stopping a service to deliver a message. And what Paul's talking about here is somebody stopping a service to deliver a message. So, you know, if, if somebody's just praying and they happen to be praying in tongues and you decide you want to listen, don't get bent out of shape about it or don't listen. One of the two. But anyway, so it says that someone must interpret when, uh, when this goes forth. Um, uh, there's, there, also, it says that the one who is, it doesn't say it right here, but in, in 1 Corinthians 14, that the one giving the message should pray to interpret. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they give the interpretation, okay? I mean, that's always kind of puzzled me as to why somebody brings a message in tongues and then brings their own interpretation. Uh, why not just cut to the chase, you know, and bring a prophecy? Yeah, I'll give the preacher more time to preach. Give Wayne Berry time to do it one more time. <laughs> but I think that they pray to interpret because, you know, it, it, when, when the interpretation comes forth, you can judge it. And, and let me also mention, this is an interpretation. It's not a translation. A translation is word for word. An interpretation is, well, let's put it this way. <laughs> you know, somebody can say it in this many words, and somebody else can take this many words to say it, right? You know, and that, that can go either way, but that's an, that's an interpretation. What he actually meant to say was blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's... That's, and then it says here a maximum of three, at the most three. Uh, there can be a place for tongues and interpretation in a large gathering, but quite frankly, Paul was writing this to smaller groups, more like house churches. And, uh, and I, I, I had a, I've had a, weird, a couple of weird conversations about this because I was uh, talking with a, with a fellow about the... Uh, about this particular passage and going, you know, it says at the most three. And, and uh, the guy was saying, yeah, but he was talking about small groups. And I said, so what does that mean? Uh, does that, well, he said, well, in a larger group, it, you, there, you should have more. I'm going, no. It's not like if you got 20 people, at the most three, bring a message in tongues. But if you got 200, then 30 can bring a message in tongues truth of the matter is uh, it's okay to use a little sense <laughs> even when talking about these kinds of things it's okay to use a little sense and the truth of the matter is there's only so much you can take in there absolutely is and i and i've been in some services where it's gone on you know four five six seven eight nine ten and i'm just kind of going who else wants to be noticed i, I mean i I'm, I'm just telling you what i felt like inside and, and and so you know it's kind of like three, and, and uh, you know a, a message with three points is going to be a lot stronger than a message with 34 points okay. you're probably going to get a more concentrated dose uh, and and one point's even better but i don't know how to preach those kind of sermons so <laughs> actually it's really uh, I'm, I'm doing some teaching but i got i've really only got one point and we're going to get to that here in just a minute and the messages go forth so that the church may be edified. Those who prophesy are greater than those who speak in tongues unless they interpret. Tongues and interpretation is equal to prophecy. So that the church may be edified. So that it may be 
so that it may be built up. Now, occasionally that might include a rebuke, but that's going to be rare. Uh, you know, exhortation is exhortation. It's, it's encouragement. And it also means that it's not going to just be dealing with extraneous matters. Thus saith the Lord, eat at Joe's. You know, thus saith the Lord, vote for Bill. And, I, and I've heard those kinds. And I, I'm just saying you, that wasn't thus saith the Lord. That was somebody who wanted you to eat at Joe's. That was somebody who wants Bill to get elected. That wasn't necessarily a message from God building up the church. I am leery of messages that tend to magnify the speaker. I'm leery leery of messages that tend to to take you in a definite direction that may or may not have anything to do with what God's doing. Why would God use tongues and interpretation instead of prophecy? Prophecy. First of all, let me say, I really don't know. But I really don't know why he created Brussels sprouts. And yet he did. And some of you probably do know why he did. I have some ideas about this, though. And so let me share a couple here with you. One is, obviously, we've already talked about it. Sometimes it's a sign. Sometimes there's a service where a message goes forth in tongues, interpretation goes forth in tongues, and it's actually a, a, it's not one of, it's not a tongue of angels. It's a, it's a, a, a tongue that is, somebody speaks, and, and lo and behold, somebody's there who goes, wow, God just blew me totally away. Those people don't know that. And, and, it, and it happens. It, it, it really does happen. So that's one reason. Another reason, and I, and I don't want to get too confusing here, but let me, let me try and explain something about when I, was, when I was growing up. I was, I guess I was 11 when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And so that tongues became a part of my life at that point in my life. And, you know, being 11, being 12, even though it was kind of a small church, uh, well, I need to back up and give you a little bit more uh, uh, background here. I would tend to come to church, and I think most of the people at this church would come to it with a sense of anticipation. I would come to church going, wow, what's he going to say today? Yeah. How is he going to move today? He's going he's to speak through. He might even speak through me today. Boy, wow, that would be so, Yeah. And, and I would come to church kind of with that sense of anticipation. And you know what? That's a good thing. It's a good thing. I mean, sometimes people come to church just to kind of, they don't have anything else to do. You know, or, or they, they come to church to be entertained. Or they, they come to church because they feel like they're supposed to. Or they feel guilty or something like that. No, man. I mean, coming with a sense of, I'm going to meet with God. God's going to be there. So. so Wow. And so that, that was the sense that I would come with. But being, you know, being so young and everything, it can also, if you felt like God was saying something that he wanted said to everybody, that could be pretty intimidating. Yeah. And I, I, I knew that sometimes people got up and gave just a prophecy, and boy, that just seemed to be, wow, I mean, I couldn't do that. 
what if I said something stupid? You know, what if I got up and I said something, everybody started laughing at me or something? Does any, does any, can anybody relate to, what, I'm, to what, what I was feeling? Yeah, a few of you can. And, and so I, it was kind of like, it was kind of like tongue, tongues and interpretation was almost kind of like a training, like training wheels, sort of. You know, it was kind of like, oh man, I really feel like the Lord wants this said, and I, but nobody's, I'm, but maybe he'd, maybe, maybe if I gave a message in tongues, maybe he wants to use me that way, and then somebody that people like or respect or something will, you know, <laughs> would, would bring the interpretation, and, and that'd just be, yeah, and, and so seriously, honestly, uh, you know, as, as a, as a youngster and, and as a teenager, there would be times that I would bring a message in tongues in the service just because I was too afraid to bring a prophetic word that I really felt like the Lord had given to me. But after a few times, you'd kind of begin to realize that, you know what? <laughs> he's not going to let me down. He's, he's there. He'll catch me. You know, and, and you know what else? If I say something stupid, hopefully, hopefully, I've got the covering and leadership on me over me to go. Okay, that was nice. We love you. That was really stupid, but that was really nice. <laughs> and you're okay, and we love you. Try it again next time. You know that that's okay too. And and nobody's gonna die. And and everything everything will go on. And it's, and it's another step of faith with the Lord. It's another. It's another step of growing with the Lord. I don't know if that's why he did it this way, but you know what? It doesn't matter that I don't know. Perhaps God just wants to do it. Any of you ever been in the army? I haven't, but, but, I've, <laughs> but I've heard about it. And I, and I think I know one of the things that, the, that, that there's a tendency to do when you like have basic training, you know, is I go dig that hole. And you dig the hole, and then they go... Chase that kid. Get him right. That's cool. Okay. Uh, dig that hole, and then, and then what's the next command? Fill that hole back up. And why is that? The point is obedience. Will you follow my commands? Will you follow my instructions? And Perhaps that's why God does it that way. You know, if you got tongues and interpretation, you get to you get to test two people instead of one. Okay. We may not understand why God does this, but it's clearly biblical. We shouldn't question God on it. And the point, this is the point of the sermon. The point is that it's the great surrender. You know, I said there's no way we can control our tongues. There's no way we can bring them under, under submission to what is right and, and, and good. The only hope we have is to surrender to the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, especially if you're an adult, it's easier if you're a kid, but especially if you're an adult, you had ever spoken in tongues? You're not sure you even believe in it. 
And probably one of the reasons that you don't believe in it is because you just think, why would God want anybody to look that silly? Why would he want me to look that like that in front of people? Now, let's be honest. 12, 13 years ago, Wayne and I went down to Atlanta to uh, the Georgia Dome to the uh, Promise Keepers for Pastors. There was like 45,000 pastors at this place. You know, if they had... Never mind. <laughs> and they had, these, they had great speakers. They had, they had just some wonderful speakers from all over the nation come. And the... For me, the highlight, the moment I remember the most was Jack Hayford. Got to the end of his sermon. Now, some, most of you know who Jack Hayford is. Some of you may not know. Uh, Papa Jack is one of the patriarchs, really, of the, uh, of the Pentecostal camp, if you will, Christianity. And uh, he's an unusual Pentecostal in that he's not particularly demonstrative in the way that he brings things. In fact, when, when Jack gets up to speak, it's just, it's just it's hard to believe that this guy's not Episcopalian or something. I mean, you know, it's just kind of lays it right out there, just calm, there it goes. And yet, the, the Holy Spirit's just all over this man. And I don't know how old he was at the time. I'm sure he was in his 60s, uh, and I'm sure he's well into his 70s now, but uh, Jack was talking about his church, pastors the church on the way in Van Nuys, California. And he uh, was talking about the fact that there was a, a group of people in his church who were trying to get him to authorize, give them permission to dance, like we do, basically, at the church. And Jack was going, uh-uh, nope, no way. Uh, uh, that's that's not, what we're, we're, it's not what we're supposed to do, and we're not going to do it. And uh, he just felt very strongly about this. And they, uh, uh, this group, I don't know that all of them, but a portion of them had gone on a mission trip to the Caribbean. And when they, uh, when they came back, they were just, they were lit up, man. Uh, and especially about dance. I mean, it had, apparently where they had gone in the Caribbean, that, that had been a big part of the worship experience. And they were just like, man, you got to, come on, please, please let us do that. And Jack was, no, no. <laughs> How many times do I have to say no before you hear the word no? And, uh, and then that same week, he was in his, his, his private prayer time, his devotional time with the Lord, praying as many of us often do. Lord, I love you so much. I'll do anything you want me to do. I'll go anywhere you want me to go, say anything you want me to say. Just speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And the Lord said to him, would you dance for me? And Jack is going, <laughs> he was speechless. Would you dance for me? Lord, you don't, you, you, you don't want me to dance. Would you dance for me? 
But Lord, I don't know how. I, I've never danced in, in my life. I don't know how. I don't know what, what to do. I didn't ask you if you knew how. I didn't ask you if you could dance. I said, would you dance for me? Will you try to dance for me? And then Jack did in front of 45,000 of his peers, if he actually had any peers. I don't consider myself his peer, but before 45,000 other pastors, he demonstrated what he did in the privacy of his of his devotional time with the Lord he said I just raised my hands and I and I just began to move my feet let's begin Lord I don't you know I, I don't know anything I don't know how to do this but I will do anything that you ask me to do and if you want me to look silly I, then that that's what I'll do and I feel absolutely ridiculous doing this but that's breakthrough and when it comes to speaking in tongues, you know, you guys are fortunate. In my day, back, back in my day, I mean, it'd be time, it'd be, you guys, if you, if you don't speak in tongues, you get down here right now, we're going to sling snot till you do, and everybody's going to hear you do it. But you know what? You can be just as, in fact, probably a lot more. It can be a lot more of a breakthrough, a lot more embarrassing if it's just you and your car. And the Holy Ghost goes, you ready? Would you do this? Will you give, will you give that part of your that member of your body to me? Will you let me have it? Would you stand with me? I love you guys. I'm going to miss you guys. <clears throat> those who are going to, with our, with our elders and, and those who are going to pray for people, if they'd come forward at this time. Uh, if you're here and you need prayer, and you know, I, you may or may, maybe you, you may want to receive the gift of tongues. Now, you know, I didn't preach about necessarily what the, what the advantages were, except for it being a breakthrough, but there are definitely some advantages. I can tell you that right now. And, and here's the thing. The Holy Spirit places that desire there. You know, it's not, it's not just so much a matter of, uh, well, I think I want that. You know, No, it's the Holy Ghost wooing you. It's the Holy Ghost going, come on. Yeah. And, you know, if this is something that, that you want, this would be a good thing to come for. But there, anything that you need, Physical healing, salvation, emotional healing, financial miracle, wisdom. It's all here. He's a miracle-working God. He's a great God. The altar is open. You come. If you don't need to come, worship with us for a few moments. He's present. He's present. You come. Take me into your presence, into your glory. I am surrendered to you. There you can change me.
Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who sent His Son into the world to be the living Word. May the Word be alive in you. May it bring life to those around you as you totally surrender yourself to the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit in what you say and in what you do through Jesus Christ our Lord.